0: Hello and welcome back to season two of Mud Between Your Toes Conversations with Pete Wood. In the first 50 episodes, I gave you an interfusion of narrations directly from my book and the occasional conversations with Pete Wood. I hope you enjoyed them despite my amateur dramatics voiceover. In this new series, I aim to bring you new conversations from fascinating people around the world, people who have a connection with Zimbabwe, albeit at times rather tenuous. I hope you find them informative, interesting, and above all, entertaining. Hello and welcome back. A few years ago, I happened purely by chance upon a ceramic sculpture so extraordinary, so out there, so... How shall I put it subversive I felt compelled to find out about the person behind the art. The Ardmore studio was founded in 1985 by Zimbabwean-born ceramic artist Faye Helstead. Faye lives on Ardmore farm at the foothills of the Drakensberg Mountains in KwaZulu Natal with a team of artisans and apprentices. Faye Helstead, welcome to Conversations with Pete Wood.
1: Thank you so much, Peter, for inviting me to join
0: you. Uh, it's a, such a pleasure. Uh, Faye, because this is an audio interview with no visuals, I'm going to ask my listeners, who hopefully are multitaskers, to log on to your website while oh. we chat. The reason for this will become very clear, obviously. The website link is Co. Dot Z A, that's Ardmore, A R D M O R E, ceramics.co.za. dot Z A. Anyway, Fay, I've never seen work like this before. I'm not saying that lightly. Where did you learn the trade and how did you get started? Well,
1: funnily enough, Peter, I um, after Uh, matriculating. I came to study fine art in South Africa. There was no fine art universities and places to study there. And I started as a painting major. I actually didn't work in ceramics at all, but I wanted to make three-dimensional sculptures. So I used the clay and the paint to produce wall paintings. And that's how I started in ceramics. And I suppose it's the painterly that I love, that gives Ardmore its distinct style. And um, yeah, where do we go from there? The love of fauna and flora, the African bush is our starting point. The love of color, artists like Rousseau, Henri Rousseau, Chagall, um, works by Gauguin, Matisse, patterns, colors, those are the things that I love. And, um, you know, the Zulu culture is a culture of craft and making art, baskets, and not really art for art's sake. So, the tradition of the ukamba making, pot making, and then the herd boys sculpting little clay oxen by the river started to become uh, something that we developed after losing my job lecturing um, ceramics at Durban Tech. And uh, we put it all together. We put the love of color, Zulu design. It's nothing really that I came up with. It was really a collaboration of using Zulu culture with um, modern technology.
0: I mean, it's incredible how uh, talented people are out there. I think it's safe to say that you and your artists must be slightly nutty to conjure up works of art like this. I mean, and works of art, they are, because, uh, I mean, some of them are masterpieces. You don't keep your avocados in an Ardmore vase, do you?
1: (laughs) It's a bit fragile. They're more like objects. Yeah, fantasy. They take you down the fantasy world
0: there's something about your work that reminds me of the winner of the Turner prize the brilliant ceramic artist Grayson Perry Perry is a cross dresser and his ceramic vases at first <laughs> yeah i know quite and his ceramic vases at first look quite pretty his vases have a classical form and are decorated in bright colors but depicting subjects at odds with their attractive appearance on closer observation they dissect British prejudices, fashions, and foibles. And I had the same experience when I first saw your work. If I may say, I find your work more interesting and slightly more wacky. I mean- Well,
1: you're not the first person to have likened our work to Grace and Perry, and that's a great honor. But uh, let's put it this way. There's a lot of uh, little bits of African nonsenses that are a little close to nature. You know, and in nature, we see a lot of um, naughtinesses. So I think that humor, that quirk is is what really is out there on Ardmore. And because we're African, I, I don't stop it. it for me, it's, it's what we see every day. I mean, baboons are doing it as they walk past and um, teeth are bared and impala get eaten and, you know, that sexuality or... What can we say? Sensuality is a That's great it. word for me. Absolutely. It's divi- yeah, it's divine. You know, these sensuous leopards rubbing their bollocks against luscious plants and foliage, and you know, it's that eroticism that I think is fun
0: i mean yes absolutely you have to look twice at your work and say what the hell's going on there i mean you've covered many many topics over the years i mean you've obviously being southern african you've covered hiv aids you cover everyday life in rural africa but most recognizable for me are the large intricate pieces depicting african or zulu mythology there's a strong link isn't there to humans and their animistic totems?
1: Completely correct, um, Peter. You know, we whenever we use an animal, it, it signifies a symbol. You know, crocodiles are ancient wisdom, chameleons are adaptations. So nothing is just pretty animals and plants running around. Every piece has got its
0: meaning. And they're very much they're very much centerpieces. I mean, you don't. You don't really use them to eat off. There, that you do do small pieces as well. But I mean, those large pieces—they, they, they, what are they? Forty centimeters high. Some even bigger. Those are big ceramic Absolutely. pieces.
1: Yeah, they—they they are. And what was fun? We we invested in a big kiln, so we even go bigger now. Um, but I agree with you. I think they objet, they fantasy objet, um, and. Some are done with, you know, meaning on subject matter at the moment. We're very um, involved with this virus, this pandemic and coronavirus. So we're doing a lot of lockdown pieces, Um, interesting work. So we we love giving topical um, topics to do and subject matter. And um, we go from there, history, culture. Well, everything, everything's there, but yes, you can use them, but I call them a celebration of life. So it's a sort of a piece you wouldn't use every day, but it's a great thing if you have a party.
0: I mean, Faye, you know, coming from Zimbabwe, you, you know, you would know the Tanganangi sculptures and all the, the African yes. stone sculpture, and they also covered art, that uh, they covered topical things like uh, HIV and AIDS, and some of their work was almost ugly in it. So, you know, there were people who were deformed. Yours aren't actually like that. Yours are actually truly beautiful to look at. Um, you know, and what's really, what really interested me, um, you, you must have something like 100 ceramic artists working at Ardmore. Uh, there are about
1: 80. 80, I would say men and women. Um, what has been my little bit of um, pride is that we've brought women in a culture where men dominate to be equal. And women are the backbone of Ardmore. They, in the culture, feed their children, look after their mothers who look after their children. So it's, a, it's a really a studio of the equal artists and bringing those gender races back to leveling ground.
0: That's, that's fantastic. How, how does it actually work? Uh, you know, if someone makes a piece, um, is there a, a, a shop where they sell them or do you sell everything online? How does it actually work?
1: At the moment, yes. We, we're selling most things yeah. online and through social media. <laughs> well, we, we do have a home gallery, a little bit like Jim Thompson. You can come visit us, but we are very remote where we are. We have a beautiful gallery where you can come see the artists working and beautiful with two rivers. So it's very scenic, travels out of the question at the moment. Um, we do sell internationally. Uh, America is our biggest distributor, is their Pasco and company. Uh, we sell in Paris with somebody there called Elizabeth de Beaumont. We sell in Italy, a lovely little store called Beefy, which is geared all around Ardmore. At the Patrick Mavros store in London, we sell, but very exclusive because they're one of a kind.
0: Um,
1: And then just with collectors, we sell by collectors. Um, You know, we we just do our best, you know, auctions wherever we can. We've had auctions at Christie many years ago. And um, just gathering a great database and really loyal, wonderful supporters.
0: I see that the pieces, particularly the big ones, um, are a collaboration between sculptor, painter, and I suppose kiln operator. Um, tell me oh, about yes. yeah yeah. Tell me about some of your stars, Faye.
1: You're quite correct. It's a beautiful collaboration where there's incredible trust. It's not a Western thing to do. So, what we have when we do want um, throw in works, we have two master throwers, mm-hmm. Lovemore Satoli and George Magnatella. And then we have sculptors. So, the men mainly are the sculpting uh, creative people. We have only one woman um, sculptor, which is very interesting. And then women tend to do the decorating. So once the work is dry and um, finished, it goes into the kiln. So we have operators, kiln operators, that our very big integral. That's really the, the hub or the center, uh, the belly button of Ardmore. And then from where there, the pieces get selected and distributed to our star. Uh, painters, the bigger works, the more masterworks or art pieces go to hierarchy of better sculptors, better painters. So that gives an incentive for younger artists to aspire to the best and then the younger artists grow. And we don't do it on years um, of working with Ardmore. We do it on shared talent. So if a young artist comes in and shows talent, they can move up the ranks quickly. We, We liken it to a soccer team. If you, if you don't come for practice, you know, your, your place in the team gets filled quickly. And then we offer this uh, service to um, collectors for us to restore their work as well if a little ear gets lost. So we don't look at this as um, a teapot with a broken handle or chip china needs to be thrown away. We look at it as extra love, extra care, a little bit like the Japanese putting gold through the cracks of the plate.
0: Uh, how fascinating. I mean, I was going to ask you that, you know, because it must be devastating when a piece breaks in the kiln, uh, particularly a large piece, because they must take, how long does it take for a large, complicated piece uh, end-to-end?
1: I would say three to four months, because it is a process, you know, where are is very important.
0: And you've got to dry it very slowly. You know, I did ceramics at my foundation course in London back in 1987, I think, and I created a life a life size male torso. I mean, you know how hard it is to fire such a large piece in the kiln. And in my case, I used two kilns, and I fired the back half. Um, in one kiln and the front half in another kiln, and of course they were different temperatures, so they didn't fit together at the end. And I needed them for my degree show, so I went into Soho to a, so I went into Soho to a sex shop, and I bought a leather harness and I strapped them together. And of course everyone thought I was marvellously clever and outre. Anyway, uh, that's enough about uh, my, my 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 foray into ceramics. I think, Faye, for the sake of people not able to view your pieces as we speak, uh, and this is such an exciting visual thing, let me attempt the impossible and describe a few masterpieces and you can tell us the inspiration and something about the artist behind the piece. So the first one I chose was the, the Delta elephant urns. I tell you what, I would be happy to have my ashes put into an urn like this. So I will try and explain what it looks like. It's an urn shape. It's, I don't know how big it is. I think it's quite, it's about 40 centimeters high. It's got these two. I think they're about 50. 50, and it's got these two elephants climbing up the side. I mean, the, for the sake of my listeners, Please understand, this is not just painted. These are three-dimensional. You know, this is how extraordinary and complicated these things are. So they've got these elephants climbing up the side, and then at the top, perched on the, on the lid, are a couple more elephants. Have I described that well enough?
1: You've described it very well, yes.
0: <laughs> so um, they, they were know, thrown like, by two guys, by someone whose name I can't actually pronounce, so I'll leave you to... George
1: Magnatella, George Magnatella.
0: And, and sculpted by Tabo Mbele.
1: Mbele, two artists, Tabo Mbele, and they were painted by Zintle Nene.
0: I mean, what, what was the inspiration behind these? I mean, what did they actually... Um, setting out to achieve, other than something that's decorative?
1: Um, I, a lot of the inspiration I give the artists comes from fond memories of places in Africa, and these are, uh, I love the Delta, the Okavango Delta, and elephants, as you know, um, come onto the Delta Plains during winter, because there's no water out in the dry parts of, of uh, Botswana. And, um they, they actually, it's where lions have learned to kill elephants, which is quite an amazing thing because it's not normal. But elephants are some of my favorite things. And also I love uh, lala palms and palms. And so this is where the inspiration came from. And it's got that slightly dry, wintry feel uh, to the colors, which remind, reminded me a lot of the Delta. And um, actually, these beautiful, beautiful urns are inspiration for a new wallpaper design, Ardmore 2 collection, that is going to come out in January with the British uh, wallpaper company, Colon & Son.
0: Oh, uh-huh, fantastic. I mean, uh, okay, we're going to get to wallpapers in a minute, because I didn't realize you were doing wallpapers. Um, let's let's look at the next one down, the, elephant, the Sabi Elephant Dance. I mean, what a whimsical name that is. Now, I'm going to try and explain this one as well. Again, I'm not quite sure what this is, other than being a centerpiece in a in a table or in a hallway. It's these extraordinary, these two elephants on their back legs dancing. Um, the, the, the main body of the elephants are painted with, I think their African um, plants that look like cactuses or aloes. The ears of the elephant on the other hand are almost like the, the, the underside of an octopus. They, and they, they look so tactile and their, their trunks go up, and they intertwine, and then right at the top, as if that's not enough, you've got two little monkeys sitting there.
1: <laughs> uh, this is a divine piece, and it was quite an interesting uh, way of working this, uh, this year. Normally, our, p- our textiles are inspired from the ceramics, And we came up with a new um, fabric collection called the Sabi Collection, which features these dancing elephants with these beautiful designs in it. And we re-inspired the artists to make three-dimensional work from the fabric designs. So this piece was um, inspired by the Sabi Collection, where all those delicious plants uh, that are painted all over the elephants uh, cut out the, the fabric collection and uh, a man called Samantla in Chananchali uh, sculpted the piece they hollowed out and Bonga Mabasa painted it with all these lovely colors and it is it is a sculpture in its own right it's very lyrical and the two little monkeys just add that little bit of nonsense.
0: I mean they're, they're, it, again it's a huge piece it's 66 centimeters high I would hate to have little kids running around with a piece like that I tell you. <laughs> um let's go let's go go get away from the elephants there's another one called again a beautiful name the cheetah king plum garden wow 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 okay so where do you start with this you've got cheetahs and again i've got to tell people these are three-dimensional this is not painted just painted onto a piece of onto a vase You've got these almost like flesh-eating plants. Uh, They look like uh, those huge, big, stinky flesh-eating plants. Um, And then you've got these cheetahs going around in a circle. And then you've got more of the plants and more cactuses. And then at the top, you've got these cheetahs that are sort of playfully gamboling, I suppose, if that's the right word, at the top. It's amazing. It's an amazing, amazing, amazing piece.
1: I totally agree with you. It was one of my favorites that we exhibited in Cape Town in um, February, again inspired by the plum colors of the Sabi collection, and it's sculpted um, by Thabo Mbele, the Sutu sculptor again, and he is known for creating this energy and movement in his works. You can hear the cheetah's snarling. You can hear monkeys chirp. He's just got this amazing ability to turn clay into life. And you can hear noises. I always say about his work, I can hear the bush come alive. Um, like you also mentioned these um, human or no, insect-eating plants, these delicious monster-type plants. I don't know if you remember in Bulawayo, those mother-in-law tongues, they were yes. called, these...
0: Absolutely. I couldn't stand them, actually, (laughs) the mother-in-law's tongues. No,
1: I know. But, you know, it's things like that that hark back to your childhood memories. And they they sort of sit deep in your psyche. So as we work on designs, a lot from childhood starts popping out. But um, what was a little bit new for Ardmore were those colors. And with the new um, design work that has grown out of Ardmore with my daughters, who are the designers, colours have got very sophisticated, and the artists through osmosis, the painters are loving working with more limited um, colours rather than doing uh, fruit salad of red, yellow, blue, and pink and all. So there's a sort of a development of sophistication coming out into our work. And actually, finally, all three of those works that you've just spoken about have just been sold to a collector in, in America.
0: How, so how, how wonderful. you and she
1: have got the same taste.
0: <laughs> well, it's absolutely incredible. And it's, it's a big piece, again, 60 centimeters high. I mean, I wish people could just see what we're looking at. There's another beautiful, whimsical piece, the Leopard Riders. And I think this is part of a whole collection of different riders. And again, you've got this leopard with his tail curled, and it's, it's been ridden by two people in traditional dress. I think they're Zulus, judging from her headdress. And uh, he's, holding, Correct. he's holding an umbrella. I don't know what the umbrella is made from. I think it might be either a palm tree or uh, ostrich feathers. I'm not quite sure. I mean, it's just a fun, fun piece.
1: Uh, I'll tell you quickly a little story about these riders or traveller series. That actually was an idea of mine, inspired by an American woman who visited um, Egypt. And around her house, she had painted these leopards and tigers and zebras with parasol little people. And we were we really didn't know if we were going to make it through the 2008 recession. And I came back from my trip to America and I said it to a Zimbabwean artist called Alex Sabanda, the idea, and also Sutu artist Bennett Sondo, who actually made this beautiful leopard. And it saved art more. People just love the fantasy, the story of travel, the romance. And um, anyway, uh, this is a large, large leopard, beautifully painted, And the little figure, I think, is holding a little piece of ardmore. So they actually use these um, figures riding these animals as a storytelling to many subject matters. And obviously, they're using the people to identify themselves, earning money, making pots, and traveling through the world.
0: Um, I, you know, I wondered what the little thing was uh, because I saw another one where they were holding a little giraffe and so that's meant to be a little piece of Ardmore. how brilliant you know I mean and to just to, and, add, uh, to add that extra little dimension to it you know quite incredible
1: it's the detail that we love about Ardmore so much at the moment we've done traveler series and they all monkeys with com- little masks on them. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, Faye, the last one I'm going to talk about uh, in the sculptor mm-hmm. department, um, it's the, sabi, uh, uh, sorry, the Sable Urn. This is probably one of my favorites and looks like it could be probably one of the hardest to create. You have these sable antelope with their curved arched horns coming out of the urn surrounded by and and they're three dimension again and, and these these i don't know what that flower is that's tw- uh, entwined Natal mahogany. oh is that metal mahogany mm. and and then at the top you have uh, some more sable antelope with their necks entwined with i think little monkeys or maybe it's not i don't know maybe it's the flowers it's the flowers
1: yeah yeah it's absolutely um, beautiful I think it's an all-time favorite of everybody. It's it belongs in the collection in um, Miami, and it is superb. It's very sadly the the sculptor who did it. He was I really think think the, so highly of him, but he's no longer with Ardmore. He did all the sables, and it's painted by Mantler in which means a crocodile. And you can see the love and the dedication and the detail that has gone into that, what I call, it's a real classic. It's so harmonious and beautifully, beautifully painted. So you've got a great eye, Peter.
0: Well, was this one, um, did this one inspire your textile design of the sable as well? Because going from now, going from the three... Going from the three dimensional, we now go on to the one dimensional, which is the textiles and soft furnishings. And you've just told me today you did wallpapers. Um, So I was going to ask all these designs derived from a sculpture at some stage, but you said actually it's often the other way around. You come up with the wallpaper and then the three dimensional comes up after that.
1: Um, No, originally, most of the designs um, come from the ceramics, from the the surfaces of the ceramics. And lately, we're going back to get inspired by the end product. So it's like a crossover. But um, many years ago, I was asked to do an exhibition in Paris. And we were found by um, the designers from Amazes, the French accessory house. And we started designing scarves for them. My daughter, Catherine, and artist Virginia Gaba, and Sydney Njembezi, they started doing the design work for the scarves. And that really put us on the map. And so we've grown um, the children, my three children run a company that is a sister company to Ardmore Ceramics called Ardmore Design. And they are doing the most fantastic um, fabrics, cushions, soft furnishings, like you say. And then Cole & Son found Ardmore in New York, and they did their first collection with us a couple of years ago, Ardmore um, 1, which has been one of their most highly successful uh, wallpaper designs along with Four Nizzetti. And next year, we're launching Collection 2.
0: You know, you're, I, can't, I haven't seen the, wall, the wallpapers, but I can imagine a New York apartment with one statement wall. I should imagine it, remi- it r- would remind me a little bit of those incredible de Gournay wallpapers where they hand-painted um, on the silk on the silk uh, wallpaper. I don't know if you know de Gournay.
1: I know de Gournay very well. <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite stores in Fulham Road near um, the Patrick Mavros, my family silver store in london so i know the store very well but um it's not as elegant it's got a lot more kick to it our designs. um and that's africa for you but annabelle's the famous nightclub in in london have used it extensively and um it's it's just fabulous it's quirky it's fun and um as the creative director said in one of her talks when we were in New York launching it, she said there was a lot of creative castration that we had to do. <laughs>
0: so <laughs> where, where are the actual textiles printed? Because are, are they printed in South Africa or in, in the UK? No.
1: Well, the either textiles. or,
0: the wallpapers or the textiles. Yeah,
1: the, the, the textiles are printed in Italy. And then the wallpapers are all done in London. Cole and Son work out of London.
0: And and did you do textile design? You have some bloody serious clients no. out there.
1: <laughs> no, I never did text. I'm an artist. I think that's the secret. Just be an artist. This and for way.
0: for someone like Hermes or um, say the the jeweler Grieg, is that how you pronounce it? Are these Correct, costa- are these. Are these customised for them?
1: Uh, With Christopher Greg, we've worked since um, uh, 2001. Christopher and I come up with a theme for an exhibition. Last year, we did the Kingdoms of Africa. So we worked our way from Egypt down to Manamatapa and Mungumbungui, which is in the Limpopo area, trailing the kings with gold um we do we do in exhibitions where we've the exhibitions, and uh, that's that's how we work together like that
0: um and Faye, you also do some statement furniture as well um, uh, uh, again, these are based on the sculptures, I assume, and I say they're statement pieces because they're pretty unusual. i mean your wing back chair. It's probably the most amazing chair I've ever seen in my life.
1: (laughs) I think that's the art that comes out again. I love one of a kind. And my son, who's far more sort of business-like, goes, you know, mum, we got to try and commercialise things. You can't just make one of a kind. So we came up with the idea of doing limited editions. I do believe that people... You don't want them flooding the market. I'm very sort of uh, particular about that. And it started with our first collection, which the sofa, the first sofa uh, traveled the world with Lee Aldecourt to the most beautiful objects uh, exhibition. And that did really well. So we've carried on that tradition. And then our second beautiful sofa, the Zambezi collection sofa, um, ended up in the Ferndale Hotels and, and the Crosby Hotel in New York with um, Kit Kemp. She really loves our work, designer Kit Kemp. And then this year we've done the Sabi sofa, which comes in uh, two. It's green and blue colorways, 30, so they limited edition. And I, I love working like that. I, I just don't want mass production.
0: Absolutely. I mean, um, what are you working on now? Any new lines? I mean, you mentioned the COVID collection. <laughs> it doesn't inspire me, I might add, Faye.
1: <laughs> no, you'll love it. You'll love it. Uh, put it this way. You know, what What do we think of in animals that go into lockdown? It's pangolins. It's um, tortoises. Um, chameleons adapt. So it's, it's, Crocodiles, ancient wisdom, all interlinked, trying to find balance in nature. You know, you can you can find many ways to to interpret something like this. But the finest sculptures come out um, of lockdown was done with myself and Samantha and Chalanchali, which is a big curled up crocodile at the base that turns into a pangolin going into lockdown. So the crocodile is interpreting ancient wisdom of have bad in life and better in life black and you know dark and light type of thing and then the pangolin goes into lockdown and then out of all that is this great big secretary bird with spread wings like a phoenix which is symbolizes um victory over perilous times and in its talons it's eating the covid the snakes and their bats you know the evil things around so there's many ways to do things in a in a an
0: interesting way as i said i think you've got a slightly mad um way of seeing (laughs) life really um i'm going to reiterate the links where people can view or even buy work the the first link www.ardmore-design.com uh the second one is ardmore ceramics .co.za, and i really 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 think people should go and check this stuff out it's absolutely incredible um faye helstead we're actually almost out of time uh thank you so much for joining me on conversations with pete wood and really i wish you and your team at ardmore many many more years of success and creativity you come from a very creative family i might add yes i do um and 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 thank
1: thank you so much for having me on the show thank Uh, you for interviewing me
0: It's just been brilliant talking to you. Good luck uh, with COVID. Good luck with the new uh, sculpture that you're doing. It sounds unbelievable. Um, And we'll chat soon.
1: Thank you, Peter.
0: Bye. Well, that's about it. Thank you so much for listening to me. And remember, you can tune into my new episodes of Mud Between Your Toes via iTunes, Google Play Music, Stitcher, Blueberry, and Pocket Casts. Don't forget you can always buy a copy of my book on both Amazon and Kindle. And I also welcome comments by email on mudbetweenyourtoes at gmail.com. Goodbye.